0: Isn't God wonderful? Amen. In all things, we give Him thanks. Amen. This morning, I, um, before I go into the message, there was something God gave me a couple of weeks ago, and last. Uh, Last night he told me, Angela, this is not for you, it's for the church. So I had to go back and and rewrite it, and as I was writing it, I felt, really, this is for all of us. Because what has happened has shaken everybody. And I know that every one of us will never be the same. We just want to be better, right? So the word that came from the Lord to us, the Ark Fellowship, says, Everything that can be shaken has been shaken. Why? You ask. Because, my child, it is the season of resetting. Bear with me this morning, okay? It is the season of resetting. It's no longer a time to sit on the sidelines. The time to move is here. In this new season, some will mount up with wings as eagles and fly. Some will run and some will walk. But none will sit on the sidelines anymore. I have prepared you for this season. Go forth in my power and authority... To see darkness destroyed by the light of my presence in you. I am opening up wide every door of ministry. All areas of ministry. Some are going to lead and some are going to help. All are vital to the role. All are vital to the whole. It takes laborers in all areas of harvest for a successful and bountiful harvest. All are discerning that we are in a time of great harvest. Some are sent to do the work of harvesting. Some are called to gather. Some are called to love and disciple. All parts make the body whole. Don't despise the area I call you to serve. Don't despise the area I call you to serve. Walk as unto the Lord. Make yourself available, and I will train you and equip you to minister. I make the faithful able, and I will empower you if you're faithful to witness, and to walk by my Holy Spirit. That was the word the Lord told me to give the church. I have told him that in this position that he put me in, I will not, and I make that promise to you today, I will not speak, I will not move, I will not do anything except God tells me to do it. I have asked him to make everything as clear as water for me. Because sometimes I'm very, very big-headed. And it takes a lot sometimes for me to know exactly what he wants. But I've told him, I want it to be as clear as water. So if I stand in this position and I tell you God has said, I want you to know that God has said, amen? take that from me today i've I made that promise to the lord and i want to thank you all this this was really a time um that most of us didn't know even me and all of us we didn't know how everything was going to end we were all it's like god just came in and some of that i'll be talking about this morning it's like god came in and just pulled the carpet from under us and for me, for the last two years, it just felt like I was floundering, trying to find my feet. And, and I'm beginning to understand what he's doing now. I, I'm beginning to see that he truly is God, and he does whatever he pleases. That's what it says in Psalm 115 verse 3, that he's God in heaven, and he does whatever he pleases. We cannot ask him. He doesn't have to explain to us. But one thing you can know Which is part of this thing I'm going to be talking about today. Even in the midst of the turmoil and the tumult and the upheaval, there's always a river. There's always a river. And the Bible says it is in the midst of her. She will not be forsaken. She will get help right at the break of dawn. Sometimes God lets you to go through the night. Long night. But right before the dawn, he comes in, whoosh, and he takes care of everything. So I just want to thank the church. I want to thank you for the unity and the strength you have shown. I want to thank you for that. Everybody's amazed at our church. We have the platform to do anything for God that we want to do. Because God has tested us in the fire and we have come out like shiny gold. Amen? Yes. Woo. Yes. What I want to just do now is to introduce to you those that have been walking behind the scenes for the last three, four months. And just making sure everything was being done as it should be done. We have We have new pastors now, and new roles and new positions. So I want you to meet these people, so that going forward, we all know who is who in the church. Amen. So the board members, Ines Hernandez, Bill is not here today. Is Bill here? Yeah, you are. All of you come up here. We're probably going to have the whole church up here, (laughs) because everyone was so involved. So Ines, I want you up here. Uh, Bill and Scott. Is Scott here? And then Pastor Mike West is the church administrator. So Pastor Mike and um, Kathy West, please, could you come up here? Pretty much everything goes through my, Pastor Mike and Pastor Kathy, like the church, the budget, all the different departments are going to come up with for the year, everything, all the different departments, he has to go, everything goes through him. You know what I'm trying to do, right? <laughs> I'm just trying to delegate everybody. So it only comes to me when I have to like sign, pretty much. Because, you know, pastor put him in that position about three years ago, and he just works so beautifully. So they administer and do all the administrative stuff for the church. And that's Scott Tustin. Scott is also the church treasurer. I have never been one thing with good luck and I, We've never been involved much with the finances of the church. The reason being that we want to make sure there's so much integrity with every dime you give. We are going to give you account of everything you give. We've always done that from the beginning. Good luck didn't take salary as a pastor until the church was 11 years old. He never took salary. So I just want you to know that. So when you're giving, you know that every dime you give is going towards ministry. What we want to do is once a month. Or every, however, every three months, he will just come in and give me what the finances of the church is. That's it. I come in on Tuesday and Wednesday to sign checks, but everything else goes through him. He knows what's going in, he knows what's going out. So you can be sure that your money is being used wisely, amen? And then we have the associate pastors. I just want to thank you, Brother Larry. He were one person among, I mean, he trusts everybody here, but when he came to who was going to stand in this pulpit and preach, while he couldn't do it, you know my husband would come here and crawl, and even when he fell out here, he was still ready to preach. But when he finally got to that point where he knew he needed somebody to stand behind this pulpit, it was you he wanted. And to me, that was, and the way you took it, and the way you did it with so much honor to him and honor to us you just showed us that god brought you here god brought you here and we're thankful for you so now so they are now going to be the associate pastors and also the evangelism pastors And then we have Jonathan and Marilyn Hildago. Where are you? Come up here. Since they've been in this church, they've just shown good luck and I have been watching them and observing them, giving them different things to do. You all see how Marilyn is up here, never misses a Wednesday, never misses a Sunday. Jonathan is busy doing a lot of things interpreting for the spanish uh, stuff back there when he teaches and he preaches you see the maturity in him you just see there's something about them and we've been talking about them a lot even before good luck went home about bringing you in to help us a lot in the ministry and so you are now associate pastors and also, in the future, you are going to be our Spanish pastors. We have a lot of things. There are a lot of things that we are going to be doing new. There are a lot of this, uh, uh, things God is opening up for us. There are a lot of things that we are going to ministry. God says "Is open wide the door. Do you hear that? So we are going to go as far as God allows us to go, amen, with the help of the Holy Spirit. All right, and then we have the twelve. I'm not going to have them come up here. The twelve people that preach on Wednesdays. God bless you. You have kept. I mean, every Wednesday you come in here. Yes, please, clap for them. those five ministers every wednesday this is three years now so they have been the one they've taken that load off of good luck and each one of them have their own style their own way of bringing the word and if you if you don't come on wednesdays i want to tell you please start coming because there's really so much wealth of knowledge in all these people that god has given them and given us so we make sure we we utilize it real well and we get the squeeze every drop every uh what we call every knowledge and every revelation god gives to them all right and then we have our youth pastors i don't know if they are here where's naz okay where's naz and josh come up here you you just And then Pastors Al and uh, Shelly Gregorek, those are our small group pastors. Come up here, please. I don't want everybody to see who the leaders of the church are. And then we have Pastor Roy and Sherry Harris, who are in uh, Calvert. Those are our Calvert uh, Praise Center uh, pastors. And then Amy Cooper, where's Amy? everybody knows amy amy is a worship pastor and then uh, christy moore where's christy i saw christy a while ago there you go christy is now the new arena that's what i call her the new arena She's She's the church secretary and the administrator of the office. Amen. And then Theresa Johnson, where's Theresa? She can come up here. Can't come up. Theresa is our communications administrator. Everything on Facebook, internet, announcements, name it—all this stuff that you see on during the messages, the scriptures. She does all of that. Amen. And she has been with me on all mission trips, all 16 of them. Wow. Yeah. That's somebody. And then finally, my
1: boy, Tergiu Okosi is
0: going to be the associate youth pastor. I'll tell you. I think, what we've been doing, let me tell you what we've been doing. I prepare messages, he comes and stays with me till about one, sometimes in the morning, and he goes through my messages, mom, this doesn't sound right, mom, change that, so all the messages I'm preparing, he goes ahead and audits them for me, and there's something on this message today he actually brought, you, will love, it. you, will, love it. you will love it, you will love it, you will love it. So these are the pastors and the leaders of this church. We have all the different ministries. We have... Where's Noja? She's in the back. Of the I completely forgot about Noja. The children's... Yeah. There she is. Oh, my God. That's our children's pastor. How could I have forgotten? She's going to give it to me when I get home today. So we have everybody here. Then our ministries in the church, we have the men's ministry, Pastor Mike leads that. the women's ministry, Pastor Shelly Gregory. We have the youth ministry. We have the children's. We have the ushers and the greeters. We have the media ministry. We have the prayer ministry. Oh, and uh, Pastor Mike and Kathy are the prayer pastors too. I forgot to mention that. We have the uh, Evangelism and Outreach Ministry. We have the Prison Ministry. We have the Small Groups Ministry, the Parking lot and Security Ministry, Church and Grounds Maintenance Ministry, Hospitality and Event Planning Ministry. Then we have the Care Ministry. Then the four right now we don't have operating that we want to make sure somebody, if you are interested, to hear that is the discipleship and membership retention. because people visit, we want someone who will follow up with them, take them on and just follow up, pray with them, what's going on with your family. Even if they don't come here, continue checking up with them just to love on them. And then mentorship ministry. My biggest thing is our children and our young people. We really, the Bible says Jesus is the same yesterday, today and forever. We have to make the gospel relevant to the young people. So, we are going to be having a lot of brainstorming about how to reach our young people. If 50,000 young people could go to a concert for a demonic thing, we can't have 50 in church. Oh man, that's not, <laughs> that's an indictment against us, right? So we are going to be doing a lot of things, trying to get these young people, make it attractive. The gospel is relevant, even today, amen? amen. Then we have a nursing home ministry that we need somebody to pick up again. And then the premarital counseling ministry. I'm going to be talking to Michelle and Todd about that. They've not been in town this week. So those are the four areas we are going to you know, get leaders to add to the 13 or 14 ministries uh, we already have. Amen. So these are the leaders of the church, and a lot of the work behind the scenes are going to be done by these people, so please, please work with us, and I know every one of us here has something that God has put in your heart to do. If there's a ministry or there's something you want to do, we are open to it. We are open to it, because we know God wants to take this church to greater heights, Amen? amen? Now, we are going to be having a leadership meeting. I was going to do it this Friday, but completely just after he did the thing on prayer i said no we need to pray so it will be on the 10th of december that's the friday after this one if you are a leader of a ministry all of you guys that lead ministries please these pastors you all need to come we're going to have a meeting from 7 p.m to 9 p.m we're just going to brainstorm we're going to talk about different things how we're going to improve different things how we're going to the plan to evangelize and to pray and to grow. So please, please put that down, December the 10th from 7 to 9 p.m. here in the sanctuary. Amen. So please, let's give a hand, uh, clap often to all these people. And thank you all. Thank you very much. Thank you, thank you. So you can go back to your seats. Let's uh, get this message going. So we are going to be doing everything pretty much the same. Uh, One thing I do want to ask from you guys is uh, I still need a little bit more time. I did this today um, because I got the okay from the Lord, but I will still need a little bit more time to get myself together. I um, I might appear like I'm all this thing here. I'm not. (laughs) I really am not. Um, It was a great loss. So I try not to think too much about it, especially when I'm up here like this, but I need to be able to come here and be strong. So I need more time, okay? So I, I, won't, go, I won't be jumping in. That's why I'm, I'm so thankful for, for, for Pastor Larry and, and Jonathan too. We're going to be sharing the pulpit a lot and let's see what God will do. So I don't know when I'll be ready. But it will be sometime next year, man. Amen. All right, stand up. Let's go to Isaiah 50 verse 4. Thank you, Jesus. Let's go together. I want to. The Lord has given me the tongue of the learned, that I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. He awakens me morning by morning. He yeah, awakens my ear to hear as they learn. The Lord God has opened my ear. And I will not repent, nor... Amen. You may be seated, Father God. I just want to thank you, God. I now know why Jesus said, "It is expedient for you that I go away, so that I might send the promise of the Father, the Holy Spirit." Lord, I now know. I know how much we need Him. Without the Holy Spirit, we can do absolutely nothing. So, Father, I ask for your help through the Holy Spirit today to bring your word to your people. Let your words and and what you want to say be the only things that come out of my mouth. Hide me behind the cross. In Jesus' name, Amen. amen. Psalm 46, I'm going to read from verses 1 to 10. Psalm 46, verses 1 through 10. It says, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, even though the mount, earth be removed, and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea. Verse 3 Though his waters roar and are troubled, though the mountains shake with his swelling, There is a river whose stream shall make glad the city of God. The holy place of the tabernacle of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God shall help her just at the break of dawn. Verse 6. The nations raged. The kingdoms were moved. He uttered his voice and the earth melted. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Verse 8. Come, behold the works of the Lord who made desolations in the earth. He makes the wars to cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and cuts the spear in two. He burns the chariots in the fire. Verse 10 is where I'm going to be focusing on today. It says, be still and know. That I am God. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. Isaiah thirty, verse fifteen. For thus says the Lord God, the Holy One of Israel, in returning and rest you shall be saved. In quietness and confidence shall be your strength, but you would not. Today I want to speak on be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that I am God. Stillness and quietness in the spirit is where you will find the knowledge of God. There's an unbreakable link between those, those two. You cannot break that link between being silent and knowing God. They are together. These scriptures that I read, you can find it says, in stillness and quietness, you'll find the knowledge of God. In stillness and quietness, there is salvation. In stillness and quietness, You will find confidence in god in stillness and quietness you will find your strength there are many christians who will tell you they don't hear god they don't feel close to god god seems so distant and far away how can this person say they hear from god how how do you actually hear from god it's so foreign to them that somebody can tell them "I, i heard from god i know the voice of god god i feel him close to me some people don't know that they don't know that and i'm finding out the reason why is they are not taking the time to be still and quiet because the voice of god is never in the mountain in the fire in the turmoil it's never in all of that in the fire it's always a tiny still small voice and if you're going to hear him for directions if you are going to hear Him for, for leading, if you are going to hear Him telling you what you need to do and how you need to live, you must be able to bring your soul down, quiet it down, so that that voice of God that we all have. The Bible says in that scripture as I read, God is in the midst of her. God is in the midst of you. Even in the midst of turmoil, even in the midst of troubles, there's always a river. And rivers run deep and quiet. But we have to get there, quiet ourselves down, steal our souls, refuse to let noise, turmoil, tumult, the crashing of the sea in our souls, to dampen and silence the voice of God. Now, as we read in those scriptures, you will see that from verses 1 to 3, it was a natural turbulence going on. He talked about the sea. Let me go back and read it. He says, The earth is removed. The mountains are carried into the midst of the sea. The waters roar. The waters are troubled. The mountains are shaken. It's like a hurricane, it's like a tsunami. The mountain didn't ask to be shaken, it just happened. Everything is calm and quiet. And all of a sudden, all of this is happening. The turmoil, the tumult. And you're wondering, where is this coming from? Isn't that like, like our lives? Amen. You'll find one day, you go to the doctor the next day, you get a report and your whole life is it's like upside down. Just like you have natural earthquakes and, and, and hurricanes and turmoils that just shake nature so also God will allow some things to come into our lives. The same way. You didn't ask for it. You're not doing anything wrong. John the Baptist, he was the forerunner. He came to announce Jesus. He wasn't doing anything wrong. He was put in prison. Even him, he was like, Sent his disciples to go ask Jesus, Are you the one to come? Should we look for another? He didn't understand what was going on. He didn't ask for it. He was preaching the truth. He was preaching righteousness. He had his head cut off. Sometimes that's what happens to us. Christianity, I've said it over here and again. I don't know where people get this notion that when you become a Christian, everything is just pitchy. No. God will let things so shake you. But the reason he does that is because of what he has in store for you, for your good. You may not understand it. You may not see it. And you will probably have questions until the day you meet him. But It says here, in the very midst of all of that, there is a river. There is a river that will make glad the city of God. So, in the midst of your turmoil, you can be glad. In the midst of the tumult, in the midst of the tears, you can still draw from that water. You can still draw from that river. Because God says he is in the midst of her. He doesn't leave you when there's trouble and turmoil. When the mountains have been shaking, when the waters are roaring and you're like wondering what's going on. If you can steal yourself, steal your soul. God says, I'm right there in your midst. I'm right there in the middle of you. Will you draw on that? Will you draw on that? Will you steal yourself and hear what I'm trying to do even in the midst of this trouble you're going through? Then it goes from a natural turmoil to a national or international one. He says the nations are raging, the heathens are raging. There is desolation. There is war. Rumours of war. All of this happening, is that not what we are seeing too in our nation and all over the world? One nation against another, one citizen against another, so much fighting and so much argument, so much unrest and so much destruction and so much death. God says even if it's not a natural thing, even if this is brought on by the heathens, by the government, he says you can still be still. You still can make a decision to find a way to be still in the midst of it. And not get, it you, get you so rattled that you cannot hear what God is telling us, the church, to do in times like that. The church must not be part of the raging. The church must not be part of all that turmoil and tumult and troubles. It might affect us because we live in the country, laws will affect us, things will happen and affect us, but my people, we can be still in the midst of that and know that he is God. And the reason he wants you to be still and know, because he says here, because I want to be exalted. I want to be exalted among the nations. I want to be exalted in the earth. We alone can exalt him when the nations are in tumult and turmoil. It is our job to be still enough to see who is hurting, to see what's going on to your neighbor, to see what's going on with your friends. It is you and I. We cannot be part of the controversy. When the controversy has to do with the truth of the word of God, yes, the Bible says the belt of truth. It's what holds anybody. If you tie a belt, it's to hold you up. Ephesians talks about the armor, uh, the armor we fight with. One of them is the belt of truth. So when the belt of truth, somebody wants to take it from my waist, uh-uh, I'm going to be involved in, with you in controversy over that because it has to do with what is holding me up as a Christian. But what it, when it has nothing to do with Christianity, don't get yourself involved in it. Go in there with your still heart and your still soul and find out what can I do to pull people out that have been deceived, to pull people out that are in fear, to pull those out that are disturbed, to pull those out that need help. You shouldn't be among those bringing people down. I've seen so much in these last two years that I'm like, what happened to the church being the one to bring people to salvation when we are so embroiled in it? We are so into it. The Bible says, be still and know that I am God. Now we talked about a natural turmoil that comes when you didn't ask for it. We talked about a national turmoil that comes that you didn't ask for it. But through it all, God says to be still and know What I want to talk about this morning is the turmoil, the upheaval, and the tumult, and the troubles we bring on ourselves. As believers, the things we just use our own hands to put on our head and our body, and we say, oh, it's too heavy to carry, I'm too much. And you do it to yourself, year in, year out. So we're gonna talk about a few of them today. As I'm talking to you, I too had to look at some things in my life. One thing about good luck was that he could find that stillness. No matter what was going on, nothing nothing bothered him. Good luck could live in a in a shack. And he could live in a palace. And it wouldn't mean anything to him. He was just... He just knew his God. So these are some of the things, as I was thinking about him, I came up with some things. That I felt, if we really begin to look at these things in our lives, these are the things that cause so much harm and turmoil and trouble to our soul, that prevent us from getting still before God. The first one is greed. Greed. The desire for more. I must have. I must have, have that. I must, I must buy the bigger TV. I must, I must buy the biggest this. I must, I must buy the flashier car. More and more and more and more and more. You, you reach the goal and the goalpost has moved. Then you chase that sound. You get there, that one has moved. And you just find out your whole life is just striving for things, striving for more. You get a credit card and you fill it up and it's not enough. You get another credit card and it's not enough. And I mean, when, does, when, is, when is this enough? When is it enough? Have you ever thought about it? What do I need for me to say, okay, it's enough? I'm not saying it's bad to have things. God blesses. But God says the blessings of the Lord, it makes you rich. You won't add sorrow to it. When you find out that what you're chasing just keeps rubbing your soul, you feel like you're never at peace, never at rest. It's always about the next thing, the next thing. Buy this, buy that. Show off this. I want to buy this. Your soul is being battered. And that soul will never hear God. That soul will never know God. Greed. The desire for more. In Hebrews 13 verse 5, it says, Let your conduct be without covetousness. Be content with such things as you have. For he himself has said, I will never leave you, and I will never forsake you. These five fingers are not equal. God knows why he made this one smaller than... What is this smaller than... This is the smallest. If all of them were the same length, I wouldn't be able to do all that I have to do. God puts you in a position where you are going to be effective what this little thumb can do this one can do it what this little one can do this one can do it so where god has placed you pray and desire i'm not saying not to desire to become better please understand me is i'm talking about being content where you are and enjoying god and life where you are while you are believing him for promotion When it's time for him to promote you, being at peace with where you are, not being envious that he has uh, uh, whatever, and that's, um, I have to have that. Because all those things, they are like that crashing of the waves against the rocks in your soul. And God may be speaking, trying to lead you, trying to teach you, but that that sound is so much that you can't hear him. Greed. The second thing is guilt. The guilt from the sin we have not forsaken. We confess them. We know they are wrong. We bring them to God and ask Him to deliver us from them. And then we go back and do it again. Then come back again and ask for forgiveness. And then go back again and do the same thing. So just back and forth. Back and forth. You persist in them. And you just carry this guilt around you all the time because you have the Holy Spirit of God in you. And that Holy Spirit will keep convicting you and that waves will start, will continue crashing on your soul until you give that sin up. That burden, we all know what it is to sin. You know how you feel, how horrible you feel. And then to persist in that, year in, year out, month in, month out. You know it's wrong. You do it and you go and ask God to forgive you. And then like a dog, you go back to his vomit again, as the Bible says. And you just go around all the time feeling that weight of that guilt. Some A believer like that can never know God because your soul can never be still. Your soul can never be quiet enough for you to hear God because that voice of guilt never leaves. It just never goes away. Guilt. Job 22 verse 23 says... If you return to the Almighty, you will be built up. But you will have to remove iniquity from your tent. You will have to do that. If you don't remove iniquity from your tent, there's never a time someone who lives in persistent sin can be built up to become all that God wants them to be. It just won't happen. Because the guilt will batter your soul day in and day out. I probably will have to finish this next week. Because I have a lot to talk about. Guilt. Then the next thing is condemnation. This one, a lot of us deal with this. Maybe something you've done in the past, and you've asked for forgiveness, and God has forgiven you. God has... (laughs) Even through other people, God has confirmed over and over that He's forgiving you. But you still carry on this conscious, sin consciousness. Oh, did God really forgive me? That thing was really, 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 really bad. And then you go back and dig it up again. I know, I was thinking, I said, you know, God knows what He's saying when He said, I have put your sins away from you as far as the east is from the west do you know the east and the west will never meet but you know what we do to ourselves we still go looking for it we go all the way to the east to say it's not there then we go all the way to the west trying to look for it but god is saying the more you search for it is forgiven. you have been cleansed that abortion god has forgiven you for it That even if it's murder, God has forgiven you for it. But we will go search for it, and in that searching and in that condemnation, our soul continuously, continuously, continuously. You cannot stay still enough for God to even speak to you, for God to use you, and you are in church every Sunday. But you're carrying on this load and this weight of condemnation. Be still. God has forgiven you. It is no longer a part of your life. You are now a new creation. All things have passed away. Everything is new. Will you accept that? And still your soul like a child that has been weaned. Your soul is still enough now to hear from the Lord to give you instructions to give you directions this is what i want you to do this is where i want you to go this is who i want you to talk to condemnation Romans 8:1 says beloved 1 John 3:21 first it says beloved if our heart does not condemn us we have con- uh, confidence towards god if our heart does not condemn us you have confidence if your heart is constantly condemning you you will never have confidence towards god you will never hear god because your soul will never be still then i will go with this one and we'll continue next week because it's 12 o'clock the next one is malice and ill will Malice and ill will. You have to just listen to my accent. I'm your pastor now, you get used to it.
1: <laughs>
0: Malice and ill will. Yeah, there you go. That's the desire to do harm or the delight in the suffering of other people. There are some people like that. Some some of you are like, really? Yeah. There are some people like that, some believers like that. Somebody hurt them and they have to get even. They have to find a way to make that person hurt. And if something bad happens to that person, they are rejoicing about it. They are happy about it. And there are people who are consumed with this. All they are thinking is how to make that person suffer. Maybe it was an ex-husband. Or an ex-wife. Or an ex-boss. Somebody. Did you wrong. I mean, they did you wrong. But your whole life now is consumed in how to get even. When you hear their name, something just... mm, bile rises up on the inside of you you seethe with rage you're nourishing that malice you don't sleep at night you're thinking about it you're you're resting with it you eat with it you everything with it and very soon it becomes a root of bitterness and it defiles everything that you do that's what the bible says When the root of bitterness takes hold in in a person's heart, in a Christian's heart, it defiles everything. Everything you touch becomes defiled. Your relationships with other people become defiled. That's why when somebody comes to church and the first thing they are saying, oh, I was in this church and somebody hurt me there and somebody hurt me there, the first thing I try to do is this, to tell them, if you don't take care of this, You're going to bring a root of bitterness, and I don't want it in this church. Because you're going to bring that root of bitterness, and it's going to defile other people, and it's going to defile what we're doing here. Forgive and let it go. Pray for that person, even if you have to grit your teeth the first few times. Grit your teeth and pray for them. So that you can find your stillness, so that God can speak to you. Ill, will, and malice. The Bible says in Matthew six fourteen and 15, If you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father also will forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your Father in heaven forgive you your trespasses. Forgive. Whatever it is they did to you, as bad as it may be, you just have to. Because if you don't, your soul will never be at peace. Your soul will never be still, and you will never know God. So we are going to next week look at some other things. We are going to look at controversy and confrontation, our lifestyles, the fast-paced lifestyles we all have. And then we are going to look at how Jesus, his own lifestyle, we are going to get examples from his lifestyle, how he lived that we can take and use to steal our souls. But the last thing I just want to talk is the one I said to you. Told me as we're getting, going through this. He says, be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that I am. I am whatever you need. Be still and know that i you are more than enough what god has put in you is all you need be still and know that be still and know be still And finally, just be. Just be. You don't have to prove anything. It's not by works. Just be. You are loved. You are accepted. Just be. Just be. Stand up to your feet. wanted to sing what he's worthy you're worthy of it all because at the end of the day it's really what you do for the lord that matters and for what you do for the lord for you to do that well you have to be able to hear from him you have to be able to be still and be quiet we've lost that art. we've lost that in this society in this world And those are some of the things I will be talking about next week to complete this message. I want her to sing that song. It's so funny. Did you tell you? I almost like two or three times wanted to send that song to you because that song has been on my heart for the last two weeks. That's what I pray with and that's what I cry with. You're worthy of it all.
1: You're worthy of it all. Yes, Lord, you're worthy, you're worthy you
0: of us to know him much 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 deeper but we can only do that when we are still in our spirit in our souls to hear him to lead us for him to lead us but if you're here today and you're saying all this you're talking about I don't even I don't have a clue maybe you've never asked Jesus into your heart I want you to know that you can know Him. You can have a relationship with Him. He can truly become all in all in all. So that no matter what life brings, no matter what happens, you can stand and be used of God. Amen? So if that's you today, you've never met Jesus, can you just raise your hand up real quick and put it down? Just real quick, slip your hand up, put it down. Hallelujah. But if you're here today and you say, Lord, begin to calm the storms in my heart. Begin to still my soul. In this area or in that area, I need your help, Lord. If that's you today, I need you to raise your hand up too. Let's pray. Let's pray and ask God to help us to still our hearts. In whatever areas he may have revealed. And we are going to talk about more of it next week. Father God, we thank you. You see the hands raised up to you, God. Father, all we want to do is to know you. We want to know you as you want to be known. So God, help us. Teach us to steal our souls, to steal our minds, to steal our spirits. So we can hear you and know you help us help us father lord as we go into this week we go in your presence you said you will never leave us you will never forsake us we thank you that you are always with us we thank you that we can rely on you our father to take care of us bless your people as they leave today and as they come back again during the week or next week sunday Let everything we do, everything we put our hands to do, be blessed. Father, I thank you. In Jesus' mighty name and the people of God said, Amen Amen and Amen.